drunk bitches in politics, where bitches get drunk and talk politics. I'm Ray. I'm Mishy. I'm Michelle. And no, this is not a joke. I am back. Woohoo! Well, welcome back to work, bitch. <laughs> so I just came from work. Hot Lana. <laughs> yes, to do more work, because as Ray mentioned last week, we all do have actual J-O-Bs that, you know, pay the bills for right now. Unless right. one of you want to sponsor us and take us on and start paying our bills, we would welcome that. So yes. we could pod 24 Yes. Because Lord knows we've <laughs> we, got the material to be covered oh in this God. administration. Yeah. Yeah. We could, we, you know, there's the 24-hour news cycle, right, that started, what, way back with O.J. Simpson trial and all that stuff. We could literally have a 24-hour podcast. We totally could. Yeah. So. I wouldn't want to edit that shit. <laughs> No, at that point, it'll just be raw. Right, right. Yeah. It would have to be, which would get us in a lot of trouble. Oh, maybe I like you raw. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, welcome, Drunk Delegates. Hello. Welcome to our pod tonight, episode 27. 27. 27. Oh, it. my God. Oh, the applause. Stop it. Stop. I'll be here all night. <laughs> so, um, Mishy Bitch. Drunk yes. bitch, what are we drinking tonight? We are drinking a double dog dare American Merlot. Mm. You know we love a good Merlot here at the pod. We've had several of them. This one is a California variety, and Ray picked this up at where, Ray? Where'd you get this baby? Total wine. Nah, we're not gonna keep giving them free press around here. You asked me. I'm just saying, you know, make up some shit next time. I'm just saying. <laughs> We give them a lot of free plus. We're really popular, you know. We are. So, uh, with the Merlot, you guys know Merlot falls anywhere between a Sangiovese and a Tempranillo. Sangiovese. Tempranillo. <laughs> and as far as boldness goes, it's right there in the middle. It's not super dry like a Shiraz like we had recently. So, it's going to be right where you want it to be, where you're going to eat it with your food. I'm sure if we had eaten all those delicious fajitas that we had tonight with this it would have paired really well it accompanies spicy food very well pizza and savory things i wouldn't necessarily pair merlot with a lot of cheeses it's not that great for cheese pairing just because it's not bold it's nice and red wine note i didn't make homemade margaritas tonight with our fajitas because no. me and ray got too fucked up last time we drank that margaritas. is because you bitches cannot handle your fucking tequila <laughs> okay we have to do the homemade margaritas after we pod Right. When we want to stay up one night. Yes. One night. <laughs> so I will give you bitches a go on the guesses for ALC on this here bottle of Double Dog Dare Merlot. So it's Merlot. So I am. I'm going to switch up my usual. Okay. Um, I'm going to say thirteen point five. Mm. I'm going to go 14.7. Oh, so you're trying to outdo her crazy this I week. I am. Okay. That's really high <laughs> for a Merlot. That's super high. You have not been I have not anything. learned anything. I she told you this. She doesn't know anything. She's in a, you, okay. It's like you don't even go here. Um, the LLC in this bottle is 12.5, Jesus Christ. Okay. It's, it's Merlot. Yeah. What the fuck? Why even bother? Well, you know. Yeah, but well, it's good. It's delicious. We're going to build it up. We're, we're going to build, build it up. Because the bottle says there's it's going to double dog dare us to drink as much wine and amp up the alcohol as we go. And then, you know, kind of goes with the theme. The president right. is standing around saying, I dare do some bitch. So that's why we have this bottle. Exactly. I am going to pop this baby with this strange corkscrew. Pop that, that I, shit, Michigan. Let's Let's hear if it'll do it. I Y'all think it, ready? I think it will. 
in a week, Pop. It was heard around the world. Let's let's give it a go. Glug, you glug, you glug, glug me, sis. Oh. Mishy washed our glasses. Thank you, Mishy. I did. You know how I am about that. I know. You seem to always find a dog hair in there. I will, I will find a hair even in a in in the darkness. It smells pretty good. Give yeah. us give Very us your grape. your note takes, right? <laughs> I think I smell cherry. It is it is a cherry one. No, I'm seriously, Yay! it is a cherry note wine. Okay. Yes. You. Don't ask answers. Blackberry, plum. I don't know. I don't smell a little else. oaky. I never smell any wood. It's, <laughs> it's the flavor. Because you're not supposed to smell it, right? Yes. That's not how that works. God, do we need to go over this again? I just. <laughs> She's embarrassing us. <laughs> but you, you do see how much lighter. bite? Much less than the other ones that we've had. And it it's might be dry. just. It's not dry. Merlot is considered a semi-dry wine. Well, it's still a little dry to her. It's little, my tongue is dry. <laughs> I took a sip and then I feel it evaporate off my tongue. <laughs> well, generally that's what happens when you put liquids in your mouth. Yeah. But. Like. Yeah, sucked up all eight. Um, so <laughs> let's right, get started. I, I want to get right into it because right, we have a lot to quick, cover. I want to know what do y'all think of this wine? Because I don't want to. I want to. I like it. It's good. Yeah, you're gonna tell us after. I want to tell you. No, because okay. we have to open up the other. Okay, one. so when we finish, we'll tell you what all the price points are. Oh right. I want to try what? something new, switch it up a little bit. She, or, no, because she wants us to guess which one was the most expensive wine. One of oh, those okay. was more expensive than the other. Okay. And so we will figure this out. Yeah. Okay. So she wants oh. us to guess that later. All right. But let's get into it. Uh, Miss, she wanted to start with Amber Geiger and of the trial of the uh, shooting both of, of both and Jean. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to, because when we talked about it, which is we had a pod that came out this week on Wednesday. So you lucky people get to have another pod come out in less than a week. We were basically letting you know that we might have a verdict by the time we get and back. sure enough, the next day and we did. We got one. Yes. And we got a sentencing verdict, to be clear. And the jury deliberated for what was an hour and a half. And they returned on a verdict of 10 years. And uh, that caused uh, uproar and just on both sides of... Whether people thought it was too harsh or whether people thought it was too lenient, uh, everyone had an opinion. But the, one of the things that was like the most, say, controversial that got people talking a lot was when Bo's brother Brant got on stand to do the victim impact testimony. So normally at the end of a trial, uh, once the sentencing phase is over with, what they do do is they allow... Any victim who has been impacted by the crime to have a victim impact statement. And the convicted has to sit there and listen. And they they can't say anything back. They just have to sit there and listen. Uh, and so the only person who did a victim impact statement was Bo's brother, Brant. And Bo's mom had been saying that after Bo was killed that Brent had basically stopped saying much, like he'd stopped talking. Uh, so he gets up on the stand, and then he basically tells Amber that, you know, he forgives her, and that he hopes that she can, like, turn her life to Christ, and that he really doesn't want to see her go to jail because he doesn't think it's going to solve anything, and that he loves her, and he wants the best for her, and he hopes that, you know, she can move on with her life. And that 
was what he said. And then he asked the judge if he could go over there and hug her. And it was like, if you were watching the uh, the video Ooh. live, it's that like, you could tell everyone was just, because it's against, like, it's against protocol. This is someone who was related to the victim, the just deceased. the fact of what he was saying in itself was very, for me, was just very moving, emotional. Oh, yeah, that was... The fact that he is forgiving her on the stand. He knows knows this is on TV. Like, he knows this is being televised. The nation is watching. And he's showing the nation and and that he's forgiving her. And so there was a... I watched it at work. There wasn't even a dry eye at my job Mm -hmm. when we were sitting there watching him. We were all, like, sobbing. It was that one thing that everybody was whispering about around the office we were talking about it, like, oh my God, did you see that? And so he asked again because you know the bailiff, all the officers, everyone's looking around at each other, like, what, what's uh, going what is he asking? What is he asking? And so the judge allowed it, and then she just ran up to him, and they embraced for what was a total of forty nine seconds, which in TV that is a long, long time. time. Um, and they just kind of hugged, and she broke down, and then after that, she broke down, sobbing. Yes. Like she when did. you told me she broke down, I was like, I I didn't know how to take that at first because yeah. I hadn't watched the video yet. Yeah. I thought broke down and she like collapsed in his arms. Mm-hmm. You could hear. Oh, she was like screaming. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh no, I give zero fucks about her emotions. I will. I get do too. To that. But I'm just no, saying I'm just that thinking and he caused that in her. Right. We saw nothing from her. The entire trial. Well, she did cry for herself a lot on the, during right. the trial because she was just she had just been through so much. Um, so that happened. They hugged. The judge gave her a hug and also gave her a Bible and just she was just afforded a lot of compassion and oh, yeah. grace that really wasn't due to her. And for me, I just for Brent, I understand the process. And I respect it more than anything. It was his process. He didn't owe anybody anything in his grieving process. I know a lot of people, particularly a lot of black people, were most judgmental about this. Also, I'll start with the black folks because everybody was showing their ass. White people were showing their ass. Black people were showing their ass. So I'm going to start with the black folks. Really? Um, (laughs) Black folks were really disappointed because it is true. We're expected to forgive a lot. Mm -hmm. This is something that people are always saying, well... Slavery is over, or you know, you should forgive or do that. So it's like nothing has come of it. I mean, you of any sort of forgiveness or grace or compassion or any of that. We haven't been granted any of it. And I mean, we had MLK and he got gotten down. Like mm-hmm. you, none of that. So there were a lot of people, which I understand that standpoint. That you know what? I'm tired of extending grace and doing all of that. But here's the thing. You don't get to decide how this family grieves. They get to decide what they're going to do so that they can move on. And to be honest, yeah, Bo is a black person. He comes from a black family. But Bo is also St. Lucian. So a lot of, like, the history that is carried around, it's kind of, like, pretty new to them, the American black history of that. Because this is because Bo mom even got out there and she was like, listen... After this, I'm going back to St. Lucia. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to be here. You have to deal with this. So you have to handle police corruption and handle all of the things that went wrong. But as for us, we're moving on and we're going back to St. Lucia to do our thing. And I think We're leaving you with your shit. Right. Right. And I think that a lot of people and a lot of like activists and all of that were kind of expecting this family to act out some sort of activism and carry like the whole black community on their shoulders. And I felt like... That was a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, given that 
I'm not saying that they don't understand because, you know, the difference between being black American here and being black in solution is, is a both stop. So they do experience their different forms, but the system here is so much more different given that it's systematic and systemic. Uh So it's, it's different. Um, and I understood people feeling like, Oh my God, we got let down. She got up there and do that. But, they're expecting Trayvon, tra- uh, tra- like Trayvon, Lowine, Lowine. I can't even say wine right. Right, Trayvon's like mom, mom brother, and exactly. all that. Yeah. Right, and I mean, his mom was enraged, but she said what she needed to say. Right. She was like, "Look, I've dealt with this, and I'm gonna go to church after this. My family, we're gonna go pray. Mm-hmm. But y'all have a bigger problem here, and right. it is police corruption, uh, because the fact that Amber's partner." like deleted all of these text messages and basically he's still working for the force to this mm-hmm. day. Right. So he interfered with with a, a police a, investigation. Yes, with an investigation to some extent. And so mm-hmm. people were asking Joe Crizo, like, what are you gonna do about that? Like he's just gonna work for the department. Right. And so that's another thing. So aside from that, black people were upset and I, I kinda wrote something on Facebook and I was like, Y'all, we really needed to be careful not to like Make it seem like our pain is equal to the pain that Bo is that Bo's family feels enough that we have an opinion on how they should grieve. Yes, we're we're heartbroken. We grieve. We lost a member of our community, but we don't get to dictate what their process is. Yeah. And we don't get to victimize Bo's brother. And then with that, on the other hand, white people were proving black people who are upset right. Because here come the white people with their righteous bullshit and going, yeah, you see, this is how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to forgive. Some people can learn a lesson instead of going out there and marching in the streets and doing all of that. If his family can forgive him, you can too. No, shutting the fuck up is free, people. Like, literally nobody asked you for your opinion. African proverb. Yeah. And this, <laughs> this was an argument that as black people, we were having amongst ourselves. It was like a family argument. Yeah. And like literally you were across the street and you were given the opportunity to look in, but you were not supposed to chime in. And what it did do they is that. They can't help it, Miss Shane. Oh, no, I know. Ugh, and so what it so did do is that it gave people who ignore social justice anyway, mm-hmm. even more of an excuse to come right. out and say, well, shit. He for, you know, if he can forgive, why can't y'all? Y'all hold on to a lot of shit. Let that shit go. So it's just like everyone was just showing their ass and emotions were out. But we got a verdict. And for me, I had to make peace with that. Was I the most happiest about how the verdict came? No, I was not. And I had to process it because I know a lot of my friends and a lot of people were asking me, so how do you feel? And I was like, I'm processing. I really don't know. At one point in time, I was like, this is bullshit. And one point in time, I was like... I mean, the sentencing part. Yeah. yeah. And after, like, processing mm-hmm. it further, I was, like, thinking to myself, first of all, even if Amber had been given the needle, there is nothing that... There's no value we could ever place on Bo's life. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that we'll ever do to fix that. There's not a single thing that can be done to light that light that has been dimmed, that has been taken for us. Because Bo... Uh, my God, was such a great person. And that was all you ever heard from people who testified was how great he was. And no matter how many years she got, that impact of that loss is never going to be minimized. But what I did, some of the good things that I did take from that um, was that 
this this is a crime that was committed where there were only two witnesses and one of them was dead. Right. And the other witness got convicted of murder on a circumstantial case, as lawyers would say. Because I really had to step out of that myself to really look at what these 12 jurors had been asked to do, which was, I believe, comprised of eight women and six men, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Uh, and it was apparently a very diverse very jury. Very racially diverse, yeah. And I actually... Saw an interview that two of the jurors did today. Yeah. It was a black woman and a white man. And they were just like, we thought that anything more than 10 years, like the 28 that they were asking for, was didn't make any sense to us according to the crime. Because, yes, she committed the crime and she had every intent to commit it. But the element of stupidity here exists. And it's not a, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, right. it's yeah. she's just stupid. Yeah. At the end of right. the day, she was a person who couldn't process and there's a difference between them actually going, walking out of your car and going, oh, I'm going to kill me somebody today. Those are exactly. two different things. Right. Yeah. And so. And she also, to me, acted more like a civilian who had a yes. gun and had been to the gun range a couple of times. Right. And right. thought they were Billy Badass. Than a tr- than a supposedly well trained police right. officer, absolutely, that is carrying around right. a weapon that kills people, and, and we did not handle the situation like that at absolutely. all. And we were Ray and I actually discussed that maybe they should leave their service weapons at work. Absolutely, mm-hmm. if we're going to be having these kind of issues, right. Ray wanted to say something. Well, it reminded me because I saw a lot of people making the comparison that if the roles were reversed, if it was a black man who had walked into the a white woman's, and we all can speculate on that. The closest thing oh, I could see, life. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, he would have been because yeah. then the people would have been more likely to believe. Oh my God, I was so scared of my life. Like you know, people were believing right. it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Bo was in his own house. Now the closest thing we can get to a comparison was there was a black police officer in I want to say it was Minnesota. Someplace up north. They all kind of, all those states look alike. Um, (laughs) And he shot a white woman who had called the police. Mm -hmm. And she came running out into, or walking out, I'm not sure. She was in the street Mm -hmm. and he got out of the car and he shot her and immediately was like, oh God, I messed up. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And he was convicted for 12 years. Mm -hmm. So, 10, 12 years. For the most part, it's kind of an equivalent as far as sentencing for a, goes for a similar, but a similar like situation. But he yeah. was on duty, which he was is on a duty, very different so thing different. than our case true, here. True. And was answering a call. Yeah. Right. She but was just, she was but not my, on duty. Right. But my point being just the fact that we have someone that all, they, these two people that are trained professionals that, I mean, Man. I know like one of y'all said, she, it seems more like she was acting like a civilian. Yeah. You know, but that was the closest I could see to something that was a similar and case. I can kind of see your point, but I don't even think it's really that similar given how much, if I look at this case and how it's gone, the amount of like privilege that Amber was allotted is crazy to me. Well, first of all, she was on bail. Right. She wasn't, she wasn't held So we can, let's just time. start with that. First of all, <laughs> yeah. the community at large had to be very vocal and very angry about the fact that we wanted this charge to be murder because she had been initially. First of all, we wanted her to get charged. That right. was that was the first thing took because what, two it, weeks? it took them a while to even charge her with anything. They were doing their whole internal investigation, mm-hmm. and you know the union, the police union, is super notorious for how they want things handled. So they had to do negotiations, and that has a lot to do with protecting their own. Yes, That's, that right there usually doesn't have anything to do with race. 
That's they're protecting that's their own asses. Black, backing the blue. Backing it's, protecting it's, the blue. In yeah. certain cases, they've got their yeah. own thing that goes on in there. Absolutely. They and, have their own racial problems right. within the force, but when something like that happens. And yeah. sometimes when he, they're the biggest opponents of police reform. And yes. it's very yes. problematic in its own sense, or even police oversight. They are the biggest opponents of that. But so that happened, and then they, they had to do negotiations. So because the Dallas Police Department wanted to make it very clear that this was an off-duty police officer and that sh- they were not liable for anything that she did. So they had to mm-hmm. basically negotiate the terms of her firing. Right. So then she got fired, then they charged her with manslaughter. And then so the community was like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Right. And there was a yeah. whole outroar, uproar about it. Crizo came in and he said, this should be murder after listening to people. Got upgraded to murder. And then, keep in mind, to, during this whole time, this prosecution is banking on the evidence that this very same police department and the troopers, the troopers, rangers, I don't know why Texas I confused rangers. the two. The rangers have gathered uh-huh. for this person. And that is a problem. Yeah. Um. So then they gather all of this evidence. She gets indicted. Mm-hmm. And then she is allowed to go turn herself in in Kaufman, uh-huh. which I heard that she has some family members who work in the Kaufman court. I cannot verify this. This is hearsay. But that there's people that she knows working in law enforcement in Kaufman. But this is a country-ass is, suburb. And she does. She lives in South Dallas. Yeah. So that, that was a freaking drive. Uh-huh. So then she drives down to Kaufman. She does not even see a jail cell. She gets booked. And then by the time booking is over, she's on her way out of the door. Uh-huh. It was less than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So she never saw a single jail cell. But my favorite fucking thing in the world was after she was convicted. Yeah. She spent the night at Lou Starrett. Mm-hmm. Or as they like to call it in South Dallas, Lulu. Mm-hmm. That's where she was at. And that is a notorious like city jail. Oh, yeah. It might as well be a damn it's prison. Nasty. It yeah. is disgusting. Yeah. And then, so she ended up it's going there. Bunk, bunk beds in a room. And then we get Basically. to court, and then she's given the defense that she can use the Castle Doctrine, which is the most absurd mm-hmm. thing. And had the jury actually used this as a defense, it was going to turn this entire definition of what the Castle Doctrine is upside down. It wasn't even a whole different definition. Because what it is about, it's about defending your castle. It's about... An Stand intruder. Your it's standing your ground. Right. Yeah, and so what basically. this would have done is given an intruder rights to intrude on you as long as they think in their mind that they're in, in their house. Mm-hmm. Think about all of the legal arguments that can be made about that yeah. nightmare. So that was another privilege that she was given. And then at the end, they sprinkle in something else. And they go, or we can call it a crime of passion. Which, crime of passion is never used in this instances. We all know it's that it's always used, used in a romance. People I know romance, you catch your husband or your wife teaching yeah. or moments of great anger where in what they define it legally is the person provoked their own death to a certain extent. Yeah, there's this story where um, a man actually caught um, the barged in. It was like, it was literally like his barn or, or whatever where a guy was assaulting his daughter. Oh, I remember this. Oh. Yes. And he killed him. Oh, like he beat the beat shit out of the shit out of him. Shit out of him. Killed, not shoot him. Not no, he you know, beat the he gave shit him out of some him. hands. Shit. Yes, yes. Nice. and he killed him with his bare hands. Okay, and that was a crime of passion, and he got off. 
Like, yeah. I think it was, you know, ju- justified homicide, crime of passion, that whole thing. I, I that's can't. That's what that is. I, that's that crime man, of passion. Right. That dude right. brought on his own death. He provoked his own by, death. Yeah. Right. And Bo, we know certainly no. did not do that. He was he eating was ice cream in his house. On his couch. Watching in his football. underwear. Just chilling. Yeah. So yeah. then she got that. And then the jury basically was like, that's bullshit. We're not doing that. Yeah. They convicted her guilty. And I feel like this jury really did try to do their best according to the instructions that they were given. They were not in... Because this entire system is designed as flawed as it is because it is flawed and it affords this people this privilege that it doesn't give others. That the whole point of doing this shit is to redeem a person. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens to be that the jury was fair to her. Even... Even though that it was comprised of different diverse group of people who had been oppressed, they still managed to be very fair to her. Which white juries are never ever that fair to, to black defendants or anything like that. So she was allotted a lot of privileges, and she had, there were plenty of chances where it was said that you know she, the minimum was five years. They could have given her five. They yeah. gave her ten. So those are the things that I chose to take with me. Is that we finally got someone convicted of murder and gonna serve jail time and i know there are a lot of fallacies going on around about how much jail time she will do or whatever legally and i said from the law books in order for amber to even be considered for parole because i heard people saying oh she'll do three years she'll do two years no she will not she's going to serve all five years of that sentence before she can be considered by the board of paroles. Now they will count her time served, but as you pointed out, she didn't out, serve any she didn't time. Serve time so, because she was on probation she, or parole. She was no, she was on a on bail. bail. Jesus, all the words. So she was she didn't serve any time, and I don't know if they count any of the trial time that they do. I, that's a whole no, different thing. No, because she wasn't being held because she wasn't no. in custody. Yeah. So there is no time here to be granted. Right. And. She's going to go do that five. And then I heard a parole board lawyer say that they start considering the process after 50% of the sentence has been served. But in 84% of the cases that they do grant parole, it has to be at least 80% of the time that has been served before they actually grant it. So I don't know. But how that's, that's not a law. That's just a consideration. That's ju- that's just a consideration. Yeah. Because uh, they could just decide that she's going to do all 10 years. And yeah. it is what. So that's where we are. The Bo family is moving on after the thing, after the whole thing happened. They went to church, spent the night in prayer. There was some protesters in downtown Dallas. And there's some debate around that because the family wasn't invited to these protests. And there were a lot of people who were kind of a little disrespectful to Bo's mom as she was talking and saying, hey, it's over, it's done. Now focus on corruption. This is what you do. You mm-hmm. want to keep Bo's name alive. Social justice, do all of this. And it's just some people who are disagreeing with her. They did the protest. A couple of people ended up getting arrested. But they were at church uh, praying. And I know that they were on Dr. Phil today. The whole family was. And they're going to St. Lucia. And the Botham Jean Foundation lives on. They've been doing great work. That's work. Awesome. They're building wells for clean water in Africa. And also do a lot of work in St. Lucia. So we will plug something up on our on our page so that you can give to Ooh, them. Yeah. They've already started doing a lot of great work. So at the end of the day, Amber gets what she deserves. She doesn't get any consideration from me about her feelings and what she did because she really does have to take time 
to really think about this because I do not see a lot of remorse from Amber on that stand. No, she saw a lot of regret in the way her life was turning out. Right, and even from her mom, I saw the same thing. Her mom didn't get up on that stand while she was making a victim impact statement to try and reduce her sentence to plea for her. She never once said, I'm so sorry Mm -hmm. that you have lost a son at Bo's mom. And that's something that everyone was talking about. She was just talking about, oh, how great her daughter was. Now she always wanted to be a police officer. But Bo's mom is sitting right there and has lost a son. And you can't even say, as a mother, I'm sorry. I feel for you. So that was awful. So rest in peace to both of them. And his spirit will live on through the foundation. And we're just kind of glad that the whole thing has come to an end. We can move on, continue. I have two points I just wanted to add on. This was something that Trevor Noah had said. Because he discussed this case as well. Mm -hmm. And he said, quote, I feel like the anger people have toward Amber Geiger actually comes from feeling like she received the level of empathy that everyone should receive in a court. Everybody in society should be treated with compassion. They should still be punished if they committed a crime, but we should still look at them as human beings. And yet this narrative doesn't seem to be afforded to black people in America. And it goes back to just what I just said is that she was given... Everything that she could have yeah. to defend all herself, kind of all kind beginning. of, which is how it was supposed to work. How our judicial system should work, but it only ever works this way yeah. for mm-hmm. people like Amber. Like for yeah. even the judge to come down and hug her, and a lot of people gave her shit for that. I gave yeah. a little shit for that because I thought that was fucking bullshit. Because I don't, want, I don't want anything to go any towards appeal. But at this point. If she appeals it, she's stupid. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. she might end up getting those the whole 99 years. Exactly. Yeah, those yeah, things worked in her should. favor. So, yeah. but I thought that was, uh, and I understand it. I understand the compassion of an older black lady. I've got mm-hmm. aunts and you just to mm-hmm. want to embrace someone and see that they're going through a tough time and do all of that. She wasn't there to break her down. Especially when so much of the trial, especially I remember hearing you, your play-by-plays would always crack me up mm-hmm. where she's like, look, she don't have time for your foolery and all this stuff yeah, because she she's looks on her face during most of it. So the fact that she was feeling those things or or at least her face looked like she was feeling She was those feeling things, a lot of things. And in the end was still able to have that compassion. I mean, we want judges to have compassion. Right. You know? Right. And we want juries to have compassion, and we and we want justice to be served. Right. And those are hard things to those get are all hard at once. things to and get. She all got once. all of that. She got she all got of those. That, which and we the don't see that other a lot thing I want to people of color. No, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. other thing we I want to add had to do about the jury. Um, I remember the judge thanking all of them for their service, and this is something that I know every judge usually will thank them for their service and everything, but as citizens. We don't appreciate jury duty enough. Every one of us. I don't. You don't. Mm -hmm. Listeners, y'all don't. Drunk delegates, y'all know you hate it. Your eyes roll when you see that notice. But the thing we need to remember is that we need good people on juries. Mm -hmm. We need people who every one of us has biases in our lives. And Mm -hmm. we bring that to the jury. Mm -hmm. And we need some people with the right biases to counteract the people with the bad biases. And if you have 90% of the people that show up for jury duty are old white men, who do you think is going to make up these juries? They're old white women. They're old white women because 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 they're the ones who go. They're the ones who go and they're they're worse. Yeah. Right. Um, Your job, you are legally protected from jury, to serve jury duty. Yes. It doesn't matter what your boss says. You get paid $6, your company has to reimburse you mm-hmm. for the remainder of your day as if you worked. Yeah. It is protected by law. Mm-hmm. So 
drunk delegates, I want every one of you to take those summons, those jury summons seriously and look mm-hmm. at it as an honor and a privilege just like you do the right to vote. And when yeah. your friends and family and other people you know bitch about stop it. Stop trying to get out of it. Stop trying to get out of it, yeah. y'all. Because this is the only way we're going to yeah. have fair sentences. Yeah. We right. need the right people in the jury. It's super important. And it's also really important, in this, which has made a difference in this case, is that we're seeing a lot of black women become judges. There's like a whole yes. thing oh all gosh. over the state of Texas. It's like a big deal. Black the city women of Houston like broke a record. Right. Mm-hmm. The entire right and nineteen. They had nineteen yeah, uh, female numbers. black judges. I don't remember. I think yeah. it was double digits. Elected yeah. last year. Yeah. And a lot of people will say whatever they want to say about this judge, but her hand was fair. It was stern, and she applied the law the best way she interpreted it and i felt like she was phenomenal and i know people hated her in the end because she embraced her but i we had the be- we we had we moved a step towards justice yeah. this was a big step yeah. we don't get everything that we want in one day and no. also People were, were bashing Judge Kemp about hugging Amber, but have we seen Judge Kemp not hug anybody else either? Right. right? So yeah. I, I feel like they're using this because it's a um, uh, a public trial. The biggest. It was very. Um, oh God. Sorry. So celeb- it's basically a celebrity type. Exactly. Thing, yeah. Sorry, I just couldn't find the. But find the, the words. other thing is yeah. the fact it's not necessarily about the fact that she hugged her because that kind of was like a oh it's the fact that she handed her a Bible. Because she's actually being, there's like a, a case or charges or something, whatever, they're suing her or something. I don't know whatever the terminology is. Mm-hmm. Um, but a non, or a separation of church and state uh, type Well, thing we have to put our hand on the Bible. Yeah, in the, the, the I know, court, they really the they gave her a Bible. They, in the court, they give you that. a Bible to, to swear on. You can choose something else, though, or you can right. not yeah. choose to put the And yeah, she the accepted Bible. it, right. so it is yeah. it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. What we're I saw going to make a mountain out of mohill out of everything. Well, it's just a way to keep, in all honesty, to try to keep our laws and our government and stuff separate from religion. But they're not but, really yeah. separate in the court because you have to they're swear not. your testimony on the Bible. I know, it's yeah. stupid. Well, you don't have to. You can choose something else. You can choose, well, you can choose like, the Quran. You can choose the, or the, or you can choose the Constitution. You can choose or something. Or whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah. So, but they usually just give you the Bible. Anyway, yeah. we need to wrap up. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yes. sorry. No, um, that's okay. Thank you very much, Michi, oh, for performing us. and. And all of the, all the, everybody's showing their asses. I knew that probably was going to happen. Everybody was showing their Um, So I have like a little lighthearted thing I wanted to talk about. God, do we need it? Yeah, so. Does anyone want wine? Because, you know, I've had just a smidge. Yeah, so Miss Elizabeth Warren, who we were calling the Educator-in-Chief. Educator-in-Chief, that's right. Now has another title. um, And that is Cougar. Ow. I'm not good at that. You do it again. Um, <laughs> do it again. Okay, there we go. Cougar, um, a little BDSM. I, I mean, just, just when I first heard those two words and Elizabeth Warren in the same sentence, the picture I got in my head was just dominatrix. Oh my God, hysterical. I can't. Right? Please don't so, make me see things like this. <laughs> So, have you ever heard of Jacob Wool no. and Jim Back? As it uh, Jack Berkman. So these are two guys who basically try to dig up dirt on okay. any Democratic candidate, Fine. right? Because they're big Trump. So they thought they had this great story about Elizabeth Warren having an affair with a 24-year-old ex-Marine who now works for Cowboys for Angels, which is an escort service. Um, I don't know if y'all ever heard of this the show Gigolo, the reality show Gigolo that was Oh my gosh, on, yes. yeah. So some of those guys worked for Cowboys for Um and 
to be these great investigators and to find this story, they actually didn't investigate very well on the guy that was telling the story. So I don't know if they okay. sought him out and asked him to come to this interview and just tell all these lies. So I don't know if they hired him to do all this or if this guy came out, mm-hmm. came to them and told, but it's full of lies. So first of all, he said he was a Marine, that he was enlisted in 2012. He went to Afghanistan. He suffered injuries there. He even had a bullet that went right by him and, and grazed his arm or something. He had to, he had to bandage it himself with duct tape. Oh my gosh. And that he didn't have a purple heart because he just didn't want to do the paperwork. Lord, I rolled my eyes so hard. <laughs> I checked out my own Have you read all ass. this, Michelle? Okay. First I've of all, parts of it. was not in the Marines in 2012. Okay. Was not in until 2014. Was never deployed to. Liar, liar. Liar, liar, liar. That kind of shit pisses me off so bad because we have men and women who have fought and died with whether you believe in the cause or not, right. they've given their life to this country, mm-hmm. right? Or injured themselves, right. right? Or have come back with PTSD, all of these issues mm-hmm. and everything. And this motherfucker is like telling the story about, well, I was over there and I just can't talk about it. It just chokes me up. Like, I'd have to have a lot to drink before I could tell you what really happened. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Loser. Right? Loser. Because you never fucking went over there. Right. That's why you can't tell us what really happened because you were never injured. Right. But basically, this Jacob Wool and uh, Jack Bergman made complete asses of themselves because they didn't do any of this investigative work on this guy. No, this they guy just comes fucking out. called a press conference like some fucking morons. <laughs> and this guy comes on stage. And even before this press conference happened, all these memes came out about, oh, well, shit, Elizabeth Warren was at the top of my list, but she is now. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, she's a fucking cougar. Like, like getting a 24-year-old first Marine. First of all, bam, bam. dipshits, the world has evolved. Women are allowed to be sexy and do freaky yes. shit now. So, if Okay, but she is married. And okay, she didn't but, do it. I know. She didn't do it, but so what? Even if she's married, people who are married have agreements all the fucking time. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, how do we know but what they have? Sex... Yeah. Attempting to sex shame someone right. out of a nomination is so fucking 90s. Well, and they tried to do it to uh, Buttigieg yes. and uh, one of the other uh, contenders as well. I think somebody dropped out and failed miserably. So this is three strikes you're out, in my opinion. Like, Tell it's us like, more. just stop. Just stop, dudes. Tell us more. But I, if, um, if you haven't already, I encourage anybody to go... Just just Google it and then just start reading people's tweets <laughs> because it's amazing about what they say about Elizabeth Warren. So one of them says, look, I get that this is BS and the decorated former U.S. Marine uh, will mysteriously cancel, but he, which he didn't. But this is a former tweet. But Elizabeth Warren being a voracious cougar who hooks up with a 24-year-old bodybuilder would make me want to vote for her. <laughs> and then another one says, as a response to somebody who said that, because honestly, if Senator Warren really was smashing some 24-year-old Marine bodybuilder, I'd vote for her twice. Right. So they thought that they were going to like totally discredit her. Sex and shame blah, blah. her. They're, well, they're trying to do the Pizza Hut thing that yeah. they did with Hillary, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Of uh, the child sex ring. And it, although some people probably it's believe 20, this. It's 20-some-odd Marines banging her. I yeah. mean, a 24-year-old bodybuilder. They, they failed miserably. So I just that, thought it was hysterical that they, they're trying to go after a woman who does not have... I mean, besides trying to do the whole Native American thing, which we all know that was bosh. It was stupid. It was ignorant. Mm. She'll fuss up it to it and be 50s. like, it was stupid. Yeah. 
Uh, look at it. <laughs> it was what it was the fifties. Everybody she thought did it recently. No, oh, I no, know, no. but I'm just saying the origin of the fact that oh. in the fifties and sixties she heard that they had native blood because mm, of cheekbones. Yeah. I'm not allowing that. No, I'm just saying I understand where she believed that because of that stuff. I feel like but, by the time she said it, she knew better than not to say she that. Did. She did. And yes. like a day after she was so she sorry took to, that shit yes. back. Yes. But other than that, this woman has no skeletons right. in her closet. Right. They can't find any dirt on her. Right. So they're having to make it up. Okay. So your story about that, did that come out before the tweet where she was talking about when she no, went to this school? No, it didn't. That's a, do not do that because that's why I pulled it up. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Then you. Sorry. I was thinking of the same thing and your picture reminded me of it. Go ahead. I'm letting Michelle finish. <laughs> Michelle was, that's why I was waiting for Michelle to finish reading the tweet. She was finished. She wasn't. This is called potting. She's reading, so go ahead, Queen. Continue. So Elizabeth Warren, um, uh, her, like, she responded but didn't respond. She said, it's always a good day to be reminded the, uh, that I got where I am because a great education was available for $50 a semester at the University of Houston. Go Cougars. <laughs> we need to cancel student debt and make college free for everyone who wants it. And I'm just like... It was, it was slow, oh like slow clap because she fucking just nailed that shit. So brilliant. Uh, you address the little people by not directly addressing right. the little people. Yeah. Like, don't... I'm smart. I kind of have a few degrees. Right. One's a lot. And I mean, she's owned up to a lot of shit. Like, even I know people were trying to hang her for the fact that she used to be a Republican. She ain't hiding it. Yeah. She said it. Yeah. So, yeah, you go on, Auntie Liz. Do what you need to do. I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. Right. As long as it happens between two consensual adults, it has nothing right. to... And she didn't fucking do it. Right. Which is the start. But even if she had... Who gives a fuck? Yeah. It's, Do not care. Don't care. Yeah. That was funny, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> Live your best life. Said. And what yeah. was actually funny is the fact that she did an interview with her husband on CNN this week. And he teaches, I believe he teaches at Harvard, if I'm correct. And he was just talking about how he doesn't want to be the main attraction of the campaign. He just wants to be in the background they have a 19-month-old golden retriever they just adopted. Yes. He's staying at home. Bailey, taking care, I think. Yeah, taking care of the damn dog. And that's all he cares about. And then they were making some lighthearted jokes about how he said he fell in love with her when he saw her because she was, like, quirky in the middle of a party, just, like, super loud and nerdy talking <laughs> oh to everybody. God, I totally see it. And she said that she fell in love with him a couple of days later after she saw him in some shorts, and she liked how nice his legs looked. I was like, okay, Liz, you know, I like me. I like me a man with some legs too, honey. So I understand. So she said she fell in love, never been together ever since. And you know what? Let, let Liz live her life. Without you miserable bastards trying to bring her down. Yeah. just And for anybody who wants to do more digging on this, because I'm just telling you right now the dude's lying. But the way, and I've never done this, but I did the little research. The, <laughs> for the story. Did your for the Google story, girls. You did your Kegel. For the story, I did research. Yes. So you can't go on to cowboysforangels.com and just message these guys. Oh, so you're calling it research. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you questioning me, Michelle? Am, am I journalistic <laughs> approach? 
We're calling this research. Okay. Why do you think this is my fucking story? I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> research. Research. <laughs> oh boy, if y'all could just see what Michelle just did. That takes that. That's cheers. But you can't just message these guys, right? You have to I go through know, channels. You, you can't. So it's like a drug deal or something? Well, I mean, you're ordering you a date, somebody? right? It's a date. It's an escort. It's a you date. Look. Um, but he says in his thing, I was booked by Senator Warren on a flat t- flight to Massachusetts. I was told to take an Uber, blah, blah. Um, With your lying ass. Yeah. Just lying. She reached out to me by messaging me on the site. First of all, Cowboys for Angels has come out and said he's never worked there. Liar. And they also said he, you, that's not how, that's not and, how this works. And first that's of all, that's not how it's, not, it's awful for their business that yes. someone would do, would ex, was a website that's supposed to be private, yeah. that someone would go and expose all of so that's, I, I understand why they felt immediately compelled to come out and say, First of all, bitch, none of this shit happened. So, first of all, so can I just reach on one of the things he said? And I just want you to picture Miss mm, uh, Senator Warren binders. with her binders, okay? He just, was laughing when he was saying some yeah. of this shit. So, just I'm just going to read you this one, this one, uh, uh, ta- one note of his, like, full page of, you know, the, the affair. Oh, humor me, bitch. Although I was unaware of it at the time. Senator Warren wanted not just rough sex, but extensive BDSM play. (laughs) On the earlier morning of August 8th, before boarding my flight, she messaged me and told me to bring toys. I asked, what kind of toys? And she said, surprise me. At that point, while waiting to board my flight, I ordered a Hitachi massager and a small tube of water-based lubricant. First of all, this dude knows nothing about fucking toys because I'm sorry, that's that's, that's the pretty most lame. Basic of toys. That's pretty and lame. first of all, why are people trying to stigmatize the BDSM community? <laughs> I know. Fuck off, buddy. Right. And if they're part of the BDSM, they're not buying that Hitachi massage. <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah. They, right, like this does seem like something like two, like middle class or whatever, like white boys. Who don't do shit, He right? totally read three pages of Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> before he showed up to this yeah. Oh my God, this is, this is Fifty Shades of Grey level so stuff. Yes. Oh so my he God. said, I had the products delivered via Amazon. Oh, <laughs> Same right. day delivery to the front desk of the Hilton where I went to meet Senator Warren. Oh God damn it, Jeff Bezos. You're bringing down everybody. Fifty Shades of Warren. The evening of August 8th. Was the first of not several, but many BDSM sessions of Senator Warren. Oh my god. Although I've had a fair amount of experience in this business, I was shocked by the intensity, duration, and sheer violence. Oh my god. You know what? what? Throwing some fucking binders at him. Smacked his dick with a binder clip. She was probably like closing. Why y'all doing this to Auntie Liz? <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. Oh Here's the gosh. thing. I'm not saying she ain't into some rough shit. I'm just saying she's doing it probably with Mr. Warren. Uh, right. And I just... Y'all can Everybody, come up. Whatever happens between two people, between the sheets, is their fucking business. We are not going to hear to... We are not here between to yuck your yum. No. And usually, right? I mean, you think... Baby. <laughs> you think people are like all, you know... Mr. and Mrs. or Mr. and Mrs. or Mrs. and Mrs. Quiet, like missionary, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? Vanilla. 
When usually they're the craziest motherfuckers. Exactly. But here's my question, so, Miss Warren. We'll which, see you now. Love her too. Y'all, if y'all think this shit is gonna bring down Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> have you heard the shit that your current president has been accused of doing? Peeing on right. people, y'all. Peeing on the people. It's. Have you heard the shit he has been accused of doing? <laughs> Come on, y'all. This. I appreciate the laugh, though. I, them, I those it's, visuals are gonna yeah. stick. Oh my god, that is. <laughs> I just, I just want to have one meme with, with ball in the mouth. <laughs> anyway. I want somebody to put her in a cast suit. <laughs> well, she probably would look amazing because I think she's a runner. Yeah, she is. She so anyway, that's, that's all I got on that. But you, mm. you, you go, Miss Liz Warren. I got you. I know. I know. It's all lies, but it's just uh, funny. I love how you took him down with the Houston Cougar shit. Awesome. Priceless. All right. Classy. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with the Fuck Shed Volume 8. Chapter 25 of The Orange Man. All right. Right? It's like a fucking episode of Dragon Ball Z. It just keeps going. Oh my god, it is, isn't it? I wouldn't know. And we're back. I'm sorry. Yeah, this, I'm, this is. I'm, a, you better get ready because it's a big topic, sis. I know. I'm just still laughing from all the tweet responses. You just from the can't Elizabeth stop reading morning. them. No. I just. If anybody needs a break from the fuck shit that's going on. What's the hashtag for it? Um, uh, hashtag Elizabeth Warren Cougar. Hashtag okay. uh, Elizabeth Warren BDSM. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. I'm sure you could, like, I don't know. I've never looked up stuff via hashtag. Oh, my God. Warren the dominatrix. I know. Old. I know. I am old. Like, I just have, I have Twitter. I get notifications. And then I click on the little birdie. <laughs> and that follows me through. I mean, isn't that. Hashtag, I mean. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just funny. So if you need a laugh and a break from all the shit, that is a good read. Okay. Or good it read. Is, it yeah. is a fun So let's get into the whistleblower. Oh, yes. but Miss you, you're going to pop a bottle of wine oh, yes. first. Oh, yes. You're going to pop another bottle because my glass. Okay. Are we back officially? We, we are, are back, back officially. officially yeah. All right. Yeah. She did really quick and then <laughs> oh, went into giggles. Yeah, because I had the giggles about whistleblower. <laughs> So, keeping with the theme tonight, the theme of democracy being on fire. Yes. Democracy in a shit bag. Mm -hmm. Democracy going left. Democracy going. We've got us a bottle called Valor. Truth and Valor. Two things that we're sorely missing in the White House right now. Definitely. Among other things. Yes. Truth and Valor. This is a red Zinfandel. This is our second bottle of red Zinfandel on the podcast. And it is also a vintage because it's a 2015. Ooh, and it's a much aged. better year. It's much better. Do you remember? Oh, you know why it's 2015? Because that was the last time we had, we had Truth, Truth and, and Valor, Valor in, in the, the White House. House. Right. It's a very beautiful bottle. Things of black and gold. Nice looking label. And this is, I'm going to read a little bit of what they have to say here on the back. I really like what they said. Just a little snippet. By the way, the company that makes this wine is Paso Robles. And they said on the back of the bottle, truth comes from the vine, friends. Mm. Ooh, yes, very it does. True. And valor is in the making. And so we resist. We resist. <laughs> the mortal urge to intervene, allowing the fruit and land to speak with people. Accordingly, our 2015 Ziffendel comes from premium vineyard blocks in Paso Robles. Where steady marine influence and diverse coastal soils produce a wine with richness, 
velvety red fruit and spice flavors. So this is definitely one of those wines that you are going to enjoy with barbecue, like ribs, mm -hmm. burgers, beans, and things like uh, herb roasted chicken and other savory dishes. I mean, you could, anytime you have a red this bold, your savory dishes are going to pair very well. And this would be also a really good cheese because okay. it falls um, on that bold spectrum. This is a really, really bold wine. And this, the Red Zinfandel falls anywhere between a Tempranillo and a Merlot. So kind of much bolder than Merlot mm -hmm. and a little less than Tempranillo, if that okay. makes sense. Okay. So I want you bitches to go again. <laughs> and guess the alcohol count content? Yes. The ALC of this here bottle. Remember what I said. This is bold. This is dry. Notes of spikes. Notes of dark berries. So, Michelle, this is your time to shine, bitch. Give me some. 14.2. Woo, so close, baby. 13.8. Wrong. Well, give it another try. 14.3. Give it another try. 14.1. No. 13.9. No. You just go all over. Jesus, I'm just. I'm playing prices right here. I just want you to say 14.5, okay? Oh, okay. I wasn't going to go higher. 14.5. It is 14.5. Wow, that's strong. That is some strong shit. Well, for we some, need it. For a strong ass topic, okay? Here yes. we go, ladies. Pop that shit. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Yes. I feel like this one's going to be good. Let's okay. hear it. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Pop yes. around the world. Do, do, do. You're going to have to chug, Michelle, yes. so that you clear your Oh, I can't. Palette. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to chug this, the Merlot, but oh, I'll get you. You don't want to mix the two. Got to glug the cis ray. Oh, it is very fragrant. Ray, smell that. Give that a smell. Michelle, you're going to stop laughing me every fucking wine segment, okay? Just like, God damn it. I'm just thinking, like, right. smell my smell. finger. Super fragrant, super fruity, a little spicy. It smells I can amazing. smell the pepper. Yeah. It's hit the right nostril. The spice. <laughs> Are you going to sneeze? There's no. not actual pepper in here, remember. There are notes. I know, but I'm saying it hit the right nostril. I could feel it just up in there. Sting, it goes right in there. Yeah, I got it in the sinuses. <coughs> you really feel it in my eye. I wish we, we had an opportunity to like, because we do the pop thing, but this would be a really nice wine to put through a decanter and let it aerate a little bit. This is a really good wine for that, but really smell that and kind of give it a whirl, Ray. Good, do, do give it a thing, whirl. Ray. I'm doing the wine watusi. Oh what what we should get, and I'm looking to getting one of these soon, is one that we can put on top of the bottle as we pour out, that it gives more air into the wine as we pour it. It'll oh, change the quality. Yeah. Of our I used wine. to have one of those. Yeah. I never use it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you still have it, the pod would I appreciate that it. donation. Oh. Um. You like it, Mishy? Is it good? I'll taste it here in a minute mm. when I finish this other one. Very spicy. I like okay. this one. Very spicy. and I had a beer before the pod and was still bring, drinking the beer when we started, so I'm a little right. behind on you're the good, wine. You're good. Delicious shit. Well, Michelle, let's. I'm pulled up. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's get into the shit. So, Ray, why don't you start us off with okay. uh, what's the latest on okay. the whistleblower slash impeachment whistle. of the orange okay. man? Blood a whistle. <laughs> Too short one said. All right, we're going to start with whistleblower number one, because at this point, we have two whistleblowers. We Woo! are hoping to get all of the seven dwarfs whistling while they work. Eventually, finding a way to make that image work. So we talked head. a little bit about whistleblower number one last yes. week. Yes, and now we have an update on that. Now, so that is the one that had to do with uh, Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky. Oh Ooh, God. that's very good. I know. All right, Red. And Biden. 
and a concern with the phone conversation that overheard. The IG complaint. Yes. So the latest is from news from today. We're recording on Friday night. Mm -hmm. The inspector general who received whistleblower complaint, number one, at the heart, which is at the heart of the impeachment investigation, found it credible. He testified about this privately before the House Intelligence. So the Inspector General, <clears throat> Michael Atkinson, is the one who received the whistleblower's complaint. That's the heart of the whole impeachment. Sorry, impeachment investigation. We don't want to confuse impeachment anyone. inquiry. Inquiry, yes. And he found it cre credible. He testified privately Friday before the House Intelligence Committee. Then, in regard to this whole the incident that's part of whistleblower number one situation, we have text messages that were released Thursday between the U.S. diplomats and a senior Ukrainian aide that show how a potential Ukrainian investigation into the 2016 election was linked to the desired meeting between the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, and President Trump. So... I'm going to go over those, but before I do, I'm going to hit on just the highlights because there is a 25-page document that Missy will not let me read in its entirety. <laughs> no, no, right? Bitch. Nobody wants okay. to hear that. You better spark notes that shit. <laughs> but you must know what Trump's reaction to They're hearing about They're coming to us so they don't release. have to read it. I know, I know. Y'all bitches don't read. <laughs> um, but Trump's reaction was to tweet, quote, as the President of the United States, I have an absolute right, perhaps even a duty, to investigate or have investigated corruption. And that would include asking or suggesting other countries to help us out. Oh my God. End quote. So in case you were unsure if he did the things he said that everybody said he did, he done told you now, at least, this is at least the third time. This is more than the third time. He has said that it is well within his powers to make these requests of other people. But yeah, when it's, the tweet? when it is involving other things that don't involve digging up dirt on one of your primary, one of your primary opponents, not primary opponents directly, but one of the people who is polling at the highest to beat you or go against you in November, you're not... You're not investigating anything other than a person who happens to be in the running against you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we all know what this looks like. He's the only one, well, I wouldn't say that. him and his cronies are the only ones who think that this doesn't look bad. Or it is not bad. Right. Potentially illegal. Right. Okay. So, um, I'd like to call this section, oh, Lordy, I hope there's texts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of people involved in these, so I'm going to kind of sum up who they are. Uh, we've got Zelensky's, Ukrainian President Zelensky's advisor, whose last name is Yermak, and I'm going to try to use last names as much to make it easier. Mm -hmm. We've got personal lawyer to the president, Rudy Giuliani. That's we have U.S. Ambassador Kurt Volker. We have an ambassador, Sondland. I think that's the majority of the people that we have. Okay, so let's start there. So July 19th is when Sondland, Ambassador Sondland, briefs Zelensky ahead of the call that he had with President Trump. Right. Okay. Where he says, can we three do a call tomorrow, say at noon? Sondland says, looks like POTUS call tomorrow. I can speak directly to Zelensky, give him a full briefing. Volker then says, good. 
had breakfast with Rudy this morning, teeing up with a call with your Mac, who's the uh, advisor to Zelensky. Must have helped. Most important is for Zelensky to say that he will help investigate and address any specific personnel issues if there are any. Wow. So we've got that one. Then we have where Volker advises Yermak ahead of the Trump-Zelensky call. So this is the morning of July 25th before the planned call between President Trump and President Zelensky. When Ambassador Volker advises Zelensky's aide or advisor, Volker says, good lunch, thanks. Heard from White House, assuming President Z convinces Trump he will investigate slash get to the bottom of what happened, that part's in quotes, mm -hmm. in 2016, we'll now nail down a date for a visit to Washington. Good luck. Wow. Yes. Then we have where the State Department officials discuss a White House visit and the Ukraine statement. This happened on August 9th. He's talking to, so we've got Ambassador Volker and Ambassador Sondland talking. Sondland says, Morrison ready to get dates as soon as Yermak confirms. Volker says, excellent. How did you sway him? He said, not sure that I really did. I think POTUS really wants the deliverable. So yada, yada, yada. Sondland says, to avoid misunderstanding, might be helpful to ask Audrey for a draft statement embargoed so that we can see exactly what they propose to cover. <laughs> I right. mean, you just can't make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. Okay, so that was August 9th. Mm -hmm. And then now we're going to August 13th. Okay. Where it's a discussion of the Ukrainian statement to include references to the 2016 election and Burisma. Okay. Ambassador Volker is sending a text to Ambassador Sondland. Volker says, Special attention should be paid to the problem of interference in the political processes of the United States, especially where the alleged involvement of some Ukrainian politicians. I want to declare that this is unacceptable. We intend to initiate and complete a transparent and unbiased investigation of all available facts and episodes, including those involving Burisma and the 2016 election, which in turn will prevent the recurrence of this problem in the future. So Sondland says, perfect, let's send Audrey after our call. So, so the Volker two people is, who are having a discussion are the two people who work for the two respective presidents. No, Volker and Sondland are both U.S. ambassadors in different places. Okay. And so Volker doesn't want any part of this nonsense. So right. you will notice a theme with Volker. He is like, I am going to make sure everything is being said and very clear. As in, he were like in this part where he's saying, special attention should be paid to that because that, I want to declare that that stuff is unacceptable. Okay. We're not striking deals for that <clears throat> shit. Okay. Then we have where the Ukrainian official shares a press report of the U.S. withholding military assistance on August 28th. Because keep in mind, up to this point, they thought they were still getting the assistance. Well, yeah, because it had been approved by Congress and the exactly. president cannot withhold it. Exactly. Right. So, no, yes. they can't. You can't. Yes. I mean, correct, correct. You're right. Yeah, You're right. You correct. Can't. Right. So, Zelensky's aide, Yermak, text Ambassador Volker this news story, he says, so he says, need to talk to you. And he sends him a link to a Politico article called Trump holds up Ukraine military aid meant to confront Russia. And Volker's like, hi, Andre. And I've said Audrey earlier. I meant Andre. Oh, my gosh. I just look quick. I guess it's who is Andre? 
Andri is your Mac. So hi, your Mac. Absolutely. When is good for you? <laughs> He's like, okay, we got to talk about this mess. Then we have that President Trump cancels the trip to meet with President Zelensky. Mm -hmm. And this was on August 30th. Then September 1st, Ambassador Taylor sought clarification of the requirements for a White House visit. He says, are, he's sending this text to Sondland, who is the sketchy one. Are we now saying that security assistance and White House meeting are conditional on investigations? Sondland says, call me. Yeah, because he doesn't because want, he knows. Him, he doesn't want to put in a text. Exactly. Oh he knows. God. Because so not only has he withheld aid, he's now canceled an entire meeting that was supposed to happen contingent upon this investigation mm -hmm. or the agreement that the investigation is going to take place. Exactly. What a piece of shit. Exactly. Sondland has seen Sopranos. He has seen The Wire. <laughs> he knows. You don't commit crimes over phones or any kind right. of lines that can be traced. That shit happens in person. It happens all the Listen, for those yeah. young people who are listening, they know what happened to Takashi. They're wiretapping everybody in the hood. Mm. That's right. That is right. Okay, then we hop to September 8th, where the State Department officials talk about security assistance in the Ukraine interview. Sondland says to Ambassador Taylor... And Ambassador Volker, they've got, the three of them have this exchange going. Sondland says, guys, multiple conversa conversations with Z, POTUS, let's talk. Taylor says, now it's fine with me. <laughs> Volker couldn't hear, da 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 Last line of this text is Taylor saying, the nightmare is they give the interview and don't get the security assistance. The Russians love it and I quit. <laughs> Oh, oh. ducky now. All right. So then we are at the last part of this. And I know, bear with me for a lot of this stuff. It just is like, we're actually seeing the things as opposed to just everybody going, oh, it's just here. It's just this. It's just that. It's here's saying, right. They released the tapes. These are the fucking, text. they released yeah. the tapes. Um, so this last part is the State Department officials on withholding security assistance. This happened on September 9th. Ambassador Taylor and Ambassador Sondland had the following exchange regarding the withholding of military you, military assistance Ukraine. Taylor says, the message to the Ukrainians and Russians that we send with the decision on security assistance is key. With the hold, we've already shaken their faith in us, thus my nightmare scenario. Counting on you to be right about this interview, Gordon, Gordon who is Sondland, says, Bill, I never said I was right. I said, we are where we are and believe we have identified the best pathway forward. Let's hope it works. <laughs> Let's throw some shit at the wall. Hope exactly. it sticks, bitch. Bill Taylor says, as I said on the phone, AKA, I'm putting this in writing so I can cover my ass. I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. Oh as I said God. in that phone call that was probably not recorded, here I am putting it in writing exactly. so that people know I said what I said. Right. Per our phone call, because we all know we've done that in corporate America. Per yeah. my last email. Right. Yes. This so is our so funny. This is the last one. Hold on. This is the last sentence. So Sondland, who is a fucking bitch, he is just totally up Trump's ass says, Bill, I believe you are incorrect about President Trump's intentions. The president has been crystal clear that no quid pro quo of any kind. The president is trying to evaluate whether Ukraine is truly going to adopt the transparency and reform that President Zelensky promised during his campaign. 
I suggest we stop the back and forth by text. If you uh, still have concerns. At this point, he's realizing that he's doing what he's doing uh, and the other dude has realizing he is doing what he's doing. So now everybody's just communicating like the CIA is reading this exactly. shit. Exactly. If you still have concerns, I recommend you give person A and person B, because we don't know who these people matter, a yeah. call to discuss them directly. Thanks. Speaking of corporate talk, someone had asked me the other day, they were like, how do you tell someone in a corporate email that they can catch these hands? If they're being disrespectful. <laughs> and I responded to them. I say, if you have any further questions, we can discuss in person. And I'd be happy to show you and answer any of your questions. It's how That's you exactly, know. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we can talk about this in real life. <laughs> See, that's great for you, but I can't do that telecommute. <laughs> I'm like, if you show up on my doorstep, we really, you really will catch you these really, yeah, You really yeah. will catch these ends. I'm not putting that shit in writing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and the whole thing is just so bizarre because now what we do know is that there are a lot of people who pretended like they didn't know any of this was happening. Right. That actually knew or were on the actual phone call. Yes. So Pompeo. I'm going to run through some of my favorite things that have been going on. These are a few of my favorite things. Okay. So Pence. Let me tell you why this is my favorite oh. thing. So, Mike Pence, if you guys haven't been paying attention. Is he going to go down too, Michi? And let me tell you, oh. my theory, honey. If you haven't noticed, he's been creating a lot of distance from the president, right? Mm-hmm. Because even the people. Wait, you have a theory? Is this Tim Hat time? No, it's not Tim Hat okay, This is very sure. viable. It's very viable. I just make sure. Yeah. So, make sure we. So, his, his team and his people have been very adamant about saying, hey, the president, the vice president knew nothing of the dealings that were going on between the United States and the Ukraine and the promises of investigations and aid. He was he, he don't know nothing. He wasn't in it, bitch. Mm-hmm. He's not there. He was traveling. He don't know nothing. <laughs> right? And so Trump went and snitched and said, well, shit, if y'all are going to investigate me, guess who else y'all are going to have to investigate? You're going to have to investigate Pence. Literally creating friction between the uh-huh. two camps because now he's directly involving him and because he said that he was so far removed, he didn't know anything, which a lie detector test determined was a lie, because one of the aides to Vice President Pence was also on the phone call, and he was briefed on said phone call, and knew that the phone call had happened. Mm. So now, he is officially involved, a part of this investigation. Bam, 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 bam. And... Let me tell y'all something about how shit works in case in case you didn't know. But in the event that Pence is, because he can be impeached as well. Mm-hmm. And if he is found guilty and Trump is found guilty, does anyone know what happens? Nancy Pelosi is president of the United Nancy States. Nancy Pelosi becomes the president <laughs> of the United States. So there's a lot riding on this shit. And they have been making a clear effort in the vice president's camp to be like, we don't want any parts of this burning bag of shit. And then Trump was like, oh, no, bitch. We're holding this burning bag of shit together. So now he has pulled his own vice president in. And the whole thing is he a bag of shit. He throw Ivanka under the table. If that's what it meant that he was going to do. And Okay, so one of the other things about this investigation also is that in addition to Trump Pence being pulled into this, Rudy might be getting pulled into this as well, and he has he's going to be subpoenaed based off of the discussions surrounding the firing of Marie, I'm going to try to pronounce her name, Marie Yavnovich. 
Okay. okay. So Marie Yavnovich was uh, an ambassador to the to the Ukraine, and not even ambassador. She's a diplomat, is what okay. she's regarded as, and she's was she's worked for both Republican administrations and Democrat administrations. This is someone who's like renowned. For the she's work a that career they, politician. She is not. She's, she's, she's a, a career di- diplomat. diplomat. That's right. what I meant. Career and diplomat. She, people have worked with her and they love her. But so she got fired. And the reason why she got fired because of. Is surrounding this whole situation. So Rudy Giuliani was supposed to be working with her. Basically to push through this effort to try to dig up dirt on Biden. And she was like listen. This is not what I do. I'm not going for this. This right. is bullshit. So then Giuliani goes and then reports back to Trump and then she ends up being fired and let go. And so when he was confronted about this and asked, so what was the reason for her getting fired? Because that is the reason why she got fired and that came out. And he was like, well, he's getting on a helicopter with his diaper pants. And he's like, well, I I don't know who fired her. Hold on, let me replicate that. The sound of what it would have been like because we've got the airplane and the, the helicopter in the background, and then there's like a diaper and all sorts of things going on. And they're like, "Well, so what was the reason behind her you firing her?" And he was like, "Well, I don't know that I'm the one that fired her. I know that somebody did." Oh god! And he goes, "I know that she got released. I don't know who did it." And one, I, I, I've heard very, very bad things about her. Not a good person. Very bad things. <laughs> Very, very bad things. So typical. Oh, my God. And so the reporter was like, this is a diplomat, and now the investigation is also centering her. The reason that she got fired was that she refused to cooperate in you coercing Ukraine for this Biden investigation, and you're telling me that you don't know who in the administration fired her, and that if she did get fired, you happen to hear bad things about her? Right. So this is how Rudy... That's just his usual dodge and whatever he does. Yeah. And so Trump basically ordered Yovanovitch removed from her post because there were months of complaints from allies like Rudy Giuliani that she was undermining his administration and obstructing efforts to persuade Kiev, how do you pronounce that, Kiev, Kiev, to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden. The whole thing is like a tumbleweed wrapped in shit and gasoline and lit on fire. And it's just like rolling downhill. It's just like, fuck it. It is a and it's tr- gathering more shit. And it's gathering it, more shit as, as it, it goes. Rolls. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's rolling down a cow pasture full of cow dung. There and is, it's on fire. And it's on fire. <laughs> and cow dung is flammable. And so, so the fire's getting bigger yes, and bigger. Yes, yes. It is, it is a flaming ball of... Fucking, what do you call it when you go down? What is it, Amarillo? One of those places where they actually have tumbleweeds? That's what that shit is. Flaming tumbleweed of shit. Of of garbage, (laughs) of bullshit. And there's more, but you have a second whistleblower. Uh, Yes, because we, that was all involving the situation that related to whistleblower number one. Which is the Ukraine call. The Ukraine call. Ukraine deal Uh thing, quid pro quo. Right, yeah. Then we have whistleblower number two, who represents the IRS. Mm-hmm. The IRS whistleblower has claimed a possible improper, quote, effort to influence, end quote, IRS audits of Trump or Pence uh-huh. tax returns. So again, yeah, Pence just a little side note, one. Pence was broke. 
Right. When Trump asked him to run as his vice president. And he also had just lost a damn election. Yes. And his wife was like, we're broke. We need the money. Loser. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Uh So this person, and I haven't seen if the person is a man or a woman. They may be keeping that separate. So I'm just going to say this person... I'll use various pronouns, but anyway. Okay. Okay. So this person filed a complaint reporting that he was told that at least one Treasury Department political appointee attempted to improperly interfere with the annual audit of the president or vice president's tax returns, according to multiple people familiar with the document. Trump administration officials dismissed the whistleblower's complaint as flimsy. Mm -hmm. It's flimsy. Mm -hmm. Because it was based on conversations with other government officials. But congressional Democrats were alarmed by the complaint, which is now circulating on Capitol Hill, and they flagged it in a federal court filing, and they are also discussing whether they want to make it. And so this whistleblower's account focuses on the integrity of the government's system for auditing the president and vice president's tax returns. The IRS complaint has received less attention than the intelligence community's complaint, but it has divided government officials. And, you know, I mean, these government officials are typically... They're just career government folks. They're not partisan. You know, yes, they personally maybe, but they're there to do a job. And so they keep that stuff. And so it's really divided a lot of them. And two administrative officials have described the IRS complaint as hearsay. And they're suggesting it was politically motivated. But they have spoken on the condition of a nominee because of the sensitivity of the matter. And Democrats, Democrats who have reviewed it regard it as deeply significant allegations that if it's true... It suggests that political appointees may have tried to interfere with the government audit process, which is set up to be insulated from political pressures. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Follow the money. I mean, the guy is crooked from the day he was fucking born. Yes. And whether he became the president or not, he was dealing with crooked shit. Right. Right? I mean, that's why he owes Putin his life. Right? Right. Putin has, Russia has given that man and his family so much fucking money over the last few years. Who bankrupts a casino? I tell you. I don't right? know. I go to casinos. There's no fucking they way. They take can, all our money. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. It would be the world's worst business person to exactly. bankrupt a, ca- a casino. Exactly. So, yeah. That's, yeah. I think that probably, to me, that has more clout in it eventually to get him actually in jail. The first thing may get him impeached. Right. This either IRS shit, that's what got out Capone in jail. Exactly. Right? So it's it's the first step to it, you know, because yeah. this stuff is like, oh now you're interfering, which is where you're doing these different the different legs of our government. Right. You've got them mixing it up and then yeah. once they uncover what you're trying to prevent them from uncovering is Oh my god, I think do you have anything else on this? Yes, okay. there is more. Say, <laughs> more. Okay. Right. So right. there is going to be a how many whistleblowers are we on now? We are on number two. two. So there's going to be a third, very likely. Oh. And it's the third is relating more to the first. And I'll kind of break it down to you as how CNN explained it, just to be concise and quicker about it. So a second intelligence official with concerns and more direct knowledge regarding President Donald Trump's dealings with Ukraine is considering filing a whistleblower complaint. So this person, this is... It comes from the New York Times, which you, the New York Times have been spilling all the tea. I oh, did yeah. not all agree with them trying to out the whistleblower. No. I thought that was really no. fucked no. up. So no. horrible. Yeah. But I appreciate their transparency in this kind of journalism in this kind of time. is so important. So the Times are reporting that 
the people, the two people who were briefed on the initial complaint by the House Democrats who are handling all of the shit, the impeachment inquiry surrounding the phone call that Rachel mm-hmm. was just talking about, they are, they were talking to this whistleblower and he testified in an effort to corroborate the first whistleblower because all we have at this point really is kind of like hearsay about what happened, but he has direct knowledge. So the second official, this person that they're thinking will file this third whistleblower complaint is again, one of the people who was actually interviewed by Michael Atkinson, who we know is the yeah. IG. Right. right. And it was done again in his efforts to try to corroborate the initial complaint but so what they're thinking about doing is that he's going to file this and the implications that this will have is that being that he's corroborating, meaning he heard this shit, he heard the phone call or might have actually been on the phone call himself and has notes or other things, is that now it's a more direct complaint and it kind of takes away like all of that scrutiny that the Trump camp is talking about, oh, well... You know, this is secondhand information, it's hearsay, it's all of that, because this person is going to come with, you know, receipts. receipts. (laughs) (laughs) But we've got the receipts. We've got the fucking transcripts. He's already given us the transcripts. this is going to be somebody within the transcripts, probably. Yeah, but I'm just saying the fact that, like, even Whistleblower 1 at this point is redundant. Right. Because all they're telling you is the stuff that we are, all they do is say, here's a map. Yeah. And now that you've it's found the probably, treasure, you don't I, need it. Yeah. I, well, no, I think you do. I think you need as much as you can get. You and can't. I think whistleblower three would just be corroborating. Corroborating with what more receipts and being one said. Right. So okay. no, we need we need as many fucking receipts as we can. And we need sure. as many corroborators as possible. Yes. And one of the things that's interesting is that Atkinson is actually a, a Trump appointee. So he was appointed by Trump. So he's Trump is not happy about all of this. Of course not. And. Is when, he on somebody's bingo card? Because you got to cross him off. <laughs> and again, back to the Trump administration saying, well, the whistleblower lacked firsthand knowledge of the actual conduct that was outlined in the complaint. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the complaint was basically hearsay. So this statement would clarify that because it's no longer secondhand knowledge. Now we've got somebody who has the receipts. And it is, the whole thing is just really super exciting. And Atkinson had come out and said this week in a press conference that none of this is hearsay. Right. These people have receipts and he has seen them. So that they didn't show up to make a complaint without any, like, proof. Proof that the proof is there. So that's all super exciting. And on the other hand of the impeachment inquiry, we started getting Trump this week start just publicly, publicly... Asking any person who would fucking oh listen. Oh my god, yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Because that happened two days ago. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> I mean, the news cycle, right? It just, he oh. just keeps giving us shit to talk about. He started all of a sudden, very randomly, which I don't think is random, and other people don't think is random, that he was asking China to then start doing some investigating. And what some people have said, which I believe this, is that him calling out China specifically the way that he did is that there is someone out there sitting on some Chinese phone call receipt where Trump has said something to somebody in China, and this is his way of trying to get ahead of that ball by publicly saying, hey, China, you got any emails? 
So this is them trying to basically get ahead of that rolling ball of shit that's on fire going down a hill by starting to call out China, which is so bizarre because what is now special about this is that not only do we have him and Rudy publicly acknowledging that they did this very fuck shit that we're saying is illegal, that they're saying is not. Right. They acknowledged it. And now he's even doing the same shit in public and still asking people on public record where me, you, and Stevie Wonder can see it that he's asking. <laughs> oh my God. For yeah. help. Because he wants it to be accepted as not wrong. As, as and normal. Not right. And it's right. not. Yes. Yeah. And there's all sorts of shit going on in Congress right now. People are fighting against each other. Mike Pompeo is refusing to abide by the subpoenas that the Democrats are have put out there, which is super fucking illegal because this is basically it's it's their legal proceedings. Right. So he right. has to abide by these. So he he don't have to go to jail or something. I don't know what's gonna happen, but he's refusing because one of the things that's all that's also come out was that Mike Pompeo and Mitch McConnell were on the call. Right. The right. Ukraine yeah. call. Right. I mean, I don't I don't know if people at home understand what I'm saying, but Mike, Mike Pompeo <laughs> told a reporter last week he didn't know yep. anything that she was talking about, and then we found out three days later he was on the fucking call. Right. So I mean, yeah, he just lied to a reporter, so that does legal bearing or anything. Right. But he said he wasn't on it, he didn't know what she was talking about, and then we found out he's on it. Find so out he's on it. Shit is coming out. Like, little by little, it's going to come out. Everybody, basically the entire White House was there. The entire White House, the entire administration, there are people who are surrounding this president, including the president, who are pretending that they don't know shit, and they've known all of this Mm -hmm. shit. And now, the bag of shit is on fire, and the president is like, bitch, I go down, everybody in this motherfucker is going down. So, yeah, ladies, that's that's basically... Here's my thing. If if I just want to... I know we're having impeachment hearings, right? But I haven't heard very much movement on that. Um, there are I know liter- it's a- right now there are literally only two Republicans who are willing and I'll expound more about that later on but Republicans like I'm telling you they're Stevie Wonder to the bullshit they don't see any of this right but we can still have a hearing in the house oh yeah no we can but we need the Senate Republicans right. we don't want to rush to this we need to let it grow Right. It needs to grow. I don't think the Senate Republicans. They may not, but they because I think I think he has sh- I think he has shit on every single one of them. That's why they, they want, keep bowing down to him or they resign. But the Democrats retire. want to see it where it tips the scale where more Americans are in favor of impeachment before they get to that point. And it's those growing. numbers have been growing. They are growing. And yes. especially after whistleblower number one, they mm-hmm. were started growing. And so it's gonna hit a point where they're tipping the scale that even Republicans in purplish or, you know, slightly more red fuchsia districts, right. I guess, are going to have start feeling the heat. Yeah. And that's what they need because they might start then saying, okay, I guess I might have to. Yeah, so, I don't know. We will continue to watch this, of course, and come back next week with more info. Hopefully we've moved on the info. Yes. That's what I want to hear next because... What I hear so far is he's done a bad, a lot of bad fucking shit, but still has not been held accountable for it, and probably held. And every accountable week we talk it. about the fact that he's done a lot of bad shit. Yeah. So yeah. you're ready. Continue to do bad yeah. shit. So all right. So I'm from one orange asshole to yeah. a new asshole. New asshole. <laughs> one. I had to two, sing this last week. One, two, three. You, you an, an asshole, asshole, baby. You an asshole. You an asshole, baby. You an asshole. Uh, uh. You an asshole. Uh, uh. Baby. You an asshole. Uh, uh. <laughs>
Okay, so asshole this week is a very, it's gonna be very brief and very short, and there's a lot of fuck shit going on this week, and I could have given an asshole to anybody, but I particularly <clears throat> let me clear my throat, bitch. Let me clear, clear my, my throat. throat. Oh my god, uh, you people uh, are You haven't so had to do much. that in a while. <laughs> Dang. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> the asshole of the week this week is gonna have to go to all of the Republicans in Congress. Oh. And the reason why this is going, save say fucking Mitt Romney. At this point, who would have ever thought that I would say something like that? The reason why I'm saying this is that Republicans have always often held the standard that they are the constitutionalists of this country, mm-hmm. that they're the people that know America uh-huh. more than uh-huh. you and I know it, uh-huh. that their forefathers uh-huh. came yeah. on here, committed treason, and birthed this here nation from their loins, right. is what they and say. For the republic. For the republic. The republic is on fire. Republic. It, it doesn't work. Never mind. We, we yeah. have, it is a bag of sulfur and shit and all sorts of things going on and it is just imploding and it's just a ball of shit across the universe that is moving at speeds that are unimaginable and the Republicans have disappeared like a fart in a goddamn wind and nobody wants to say anything about the shit that is going on but they're the ones that care about America more than anybody else. They're the ones that anytime we talk about gun reform or all the things they talk about their constitution and how they want to preserve the integrity of the Constitution and how they love America and that they're here to protect America and her interests. And in the meanwhile, America has become the laughingstock of the global community and we have become mm-hmm. a shit show. We're at a time where Vladimir Putin, I don't know if I said that right, Vladimir, Vladimir is holding a State of the Union address to his people and basically telling them, oh, you thought we fucked that shit up in 2016, bitch? Wait. We gonna fuck that shit up again. And he basically said that he is going to do it again. He basically said, I made the miracle, my bitch. Yes. And he and he was like, no, it doesn't do shit about it. Yeah. We're going to interfere. And, we're gonna... and so you think that we were this fucking democracy that sits on a hill this beaming this beacon the beacon whatever example of democracy and now we are basically putin's bitch and there are a lot of people who fought in wars to protect this country that are rolling over in their graves to see vladimir putin make america's bitch like these are dark times and senate republicans the people who have claimed that they do everything that's in the best interest of america are watching democracy crumble and cannot even muster up the courage from their loins from their loins <laughs> to protect the integrity of this nation to speak out against a nominee that they never fucking wanted in the first yeah, place. They didn't. They never wanted this president. They wanted Ted Cruz. They wanted Jeb. They yeah. wanted Jeb. You're right. Yeah. They wanted Jeb. The hell, at this point, we wanted Jeb. Okay? Yeah. Somebody please clap. Please clap. Oh, <laughs> damn. You always trying to steal my thunder, ah. bitch. <laughs> please clap. And that they're holding on to, and ultimately what this shows is that you motherfuckers don't give a damn about America. You give a damn about yourselves and your own agenda and protecting your interests because you're too afraid that if you speak up and you do the job that the people elected you, that you're going to lose your elections back home. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You're in for a rude awakening when you wake up in November and we have election day and you and your dusty ass president are leaving whatever respective offices that you have. People who don't have any backbone but pretend that they're the backbone of this nation are truly the biggest assholes. 
And I am given the biggest asshole of this week to all of the constitutionalist revival. You motherfuckers suck and you're weak. Next! <laughs> Good job, Michigan. Yeah, I 100% ass. agree. Oh. Yeah. I think I think they also I think they are concerned about losing their power, losing their money, losing their jobs, all those kind of things. But I think that what could they possibly what could he possibly have on them? All of them have been peeing on hookers. All of them have been fucking hookers. All of them have been fucking men ambassadors. No, but I say that they have something. Yeah, but but people like Lindsey Graham isn't going to come out like. Donald Trump comes and he doesn't give a fuck about the stuff that he's done, right? Lindsey Graham doesn't have that that same, um, I don't know, personality. He doesn't right. have that same charisma to be able to do that. And South Carolinans are still going to vote for him if when they find, when they see the videos of Lindsey Graham. Well, the it's thing, not going to be the same. What baffles me the most <laughs> is that collectively all of them have a lot more power than he does. And he's an outsider to this party. I don't know. The fact that whatever he has, it must be truly strong. That's what I'm saying. That they're going to cower like this to one single person that they can band against mm-hmm. and end in an instant. Mm-hmm. Shit, I would have more respect for you motherfuckers if you end this bitch and make Pence president. Show right. me some balls, damn it. Exactly. Show me some because I don't see any. Yeah. Between two of us, we got more balls than Zicks in the Senate Republicans. So I big agree. that God had to put them on my fucking chest. That's right. Sick of everybody. Oh, all right. Well, as always, we like to end on a positive note, a happy note. Raise back. <laughs> you almost spit out your wine, didn't you? Raise I missed you last week. I know. I had to sing that shit myself. One song is so good. No. Oh, I bet it's Because the bitch sounded like no, she was she smoking 55 cigars. <laughs> yeah. Who you got this week for your Oh, my gosh. Day? So, this bay combines two of my favorite things. Oh, is this oh got God, something to do with knitting M- and musicals? Musicals no. and knitting? <laughs> that's funny. That's so, okay, yeah, that's, that's funny that y'all think that. Those are two of my favorite things. But these are two of my favorite things. True crime. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. And a feel-good story. Oh. Okay. 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 It's the most white-sounding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the Roseville police posted a plea to Facebook Monday night while they searched for Glenetta Belford. The search efforts for Belford focused on the Quail Glen and Blue Oaks neighborhoods. And when the officers arrived, the Roseville police said, that officers were overwhelmed by the number of people who came out of their homes to search for Miss Belford. Ten-year-olds Logan and McKenna grabbed their bikes and their friends, living their best Stranger Things dream. (laughs) Stranger Things life. Exactly. They were determined to find this woman. And then Logan fell from his bike, and Mm -hmm. so the team had to take a break. Quote, my medic brother helped me. He put some band-aids on my wound, Logan said. Aww. Now, Logan's brother is a 13-year-old Boy Scout who happened to have a first aid kit in his room. Good for him. In his room. What a good Boy Scout. But you know what? He's a medic. <laughs> but even with the injuries, the kids didn't give up their church, their search. After a quick dinner, because you know, priorities, mm-hmm. they got back on their streets. They got back on the streets on their <laughs> bikes, <laughs> spotting the woman. Not far from their homes. All of us saw this lady walking, and we were like, guys, that's her. That has to be her, Logan said. And so the team of junior detectives called the police, 
telling dispatchers that they found the oh, woman. People started oh. surrounding and the cops came, McKenna said. We were the first ones that found her, though. And so Belford was found safe and sound and reunited with her family. And police are calling the friend's actions fantastic. Our dispatchers were a little surprised to hear a 10-year-old on the other line telling us that they found a missing person, said Officer Rob Bequera. Now the police department has a message for the friends. Quote, we highly encourage this group of junior detectives to give us a call in about 10 years, Bequera said. Maybe we can give them a job. They're doing a great job so far. This one is what gets me. Logan says, it's amazing. I had no idea what my future would be until now. A detective. (laughs) The baby. That's pretty cool. Yes. That's pretty cool. So adorable. So cute. (laughs) They're such babes. Oh my gosh. So Logan. Like 40 shades of red right now. I know. Logan, (laughs) McKenna, and crew, Yada Bay. Yada Bay. Yada Bay. Okay, so you wanted to play a game. I did. And you said, which I think this is kind of cool, that you wanted us to guess which was more expensive. Yes. Uh-huh. The battles between yes. the yes. Double Dog Dare and the Truth and Valor. Yes. Yes. Now, hold on. Mich- Michelle, did you ever get a chance yes, to try it? Yes, I did. It? Okay, I did good try deal. it. Good I did deal. try it. I tried the Truth and Valor. All right. So I guess I'll go first. Sure. Um, Just given like the flavor, the boldness, and just like, the quality of wine that I tasted, I'm gonna have to say that Truth and Valor was a more expensive bottle because it really it felt like it was an expensive bottle of wine. That's okay. not to say that the double dog was not good, but that gave me a lot more I felt about it. For future show. reference, if I ever play this game again, it as much as we don't like to do like both our bottles or a Merlot. Yeah. It actually could be more of a fun game. Right. Because you're comparing a Merlot to a Merlot yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say um, Truth and Valor because I looked it up. No, I didn't. I <laughs> you better not, you bitch! I got you. I did it. I'm just playing because mm-hmm. I cheated. We could be completely wrong. We don't know, yeah. but I'm, I'm per, I um, feel pretty confident yeah. that Truth and Valor. Um, is I'm saying that as well, just um, not just because of how the wine tasted, but also the off and that the label looks like and some the label. Money. The label does cheap. look fancy. Yeah. So that's my that's my guess. But okay. are we completely wrong? What is it? You are not completely wrong. Okay. Truth and Valor was the more expensive okay. wine. And it came in at $17.99. So nice. this is on the more expensive price point for okay. me. Because I usually don't go more above a 13 uh, Right, honey. honey. Because we, try, okay. we drink a lot. Where we do. Yeah. And how much is the Double Dog? The Merlot? The Double Dog Dare Merlot. You guys may not believe this. $3.99. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It tasted up. at least like a $10 bottle of yeah. wine. I thought so. Because I was all prepared, prepared for vinegar. Oh. I was prepared for some vinegar. For socks and, for socks socks and vinegar. Vinegar. Oh my Christ. God. What the? Do not cut that out. The truth and valor is getting wrong. That's oh my up. God. But yes, so $3.99. Pleasant surprise. That's a bargain wine. I probably should have done a blind taste test where you couldn't see the bottles, but I'm with you. Yeah. The Truth and Valor has a great bottle. It's yeah. very high end. Even the glass is kind of got yeah. this that green metallic. Green is it's metallic. It definitely kind of tastes looking. like a well-made bottle of wine. Yeah. Yes, but 
for your money. Y'all on a bougie. That double dog dare. Go get dare you some double dog good. dare. Get I, do- some- I double dog dare you to get that Merlot. You, if you really want to have a night, get you some mad dog and some double dog dare. <laughs> They're both three nights. <laughs> <laughs> They're both I know, right? What? <laughs> Um, and we didn't get around to drinking our sponsor bottle tonight by Leo, but we will drink we it will. next episode. Yes, Leo, yes, we're absolutely. just holding on to this baby. I can't wait. By the time we get to it, it's going to be vintage. We Even might have an vintage. actual impeachment. Yes. This is the impeachment juice that we are just holding on to, but we'll get a chance <laughs> to drink this um, Burkell Malbec. So, yes, we're, so I can't wait to tell you guys all about this bottle. So, all yeah, right. ladies. Oh, my gosh. Great pod tonight. It was so good to see y'all. Nice. Welcome back, I bitch. Know, thank you. Welcome back. Glad to not back. have to do this without you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Cheers. Stay tipsy, my friends. I don't know why I bother. I got a little bit <laughs> Thanks for listening to Drunk Bitches in Politics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAP Pod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word. <laughs>